fifth episode today, we are talking to a longtime friend and fellow business coach, Reagan. If you don't know, I did have the opportunity to go ahead and speak on Reagan's podcast, Real Talk with Reg. And I have actually known Reagan for a couple of years now. So for those of you who don't know Reagan, and I'm excited to introduce her to you, Reagan is a sales coach that teaches her clients how to get booked out, replace their paycheck, and create six figures with one offer. She teaches her clients how to run a business model that doesn't demand so much from them as humans. No launching, product suite, or a five-person team is needed to run a business that makes great money. Reagan, I am so excited to be here chatting with you today. Just to like kick us off, can you give us a little bit of insight of how did you get into this? How did you get started? And just tell your story again. Yeah. Hello, everyone. My name is Reagan. Um, and the way I got into coaching and what I do now, I feel like I just listen to the next best step. That's why I tell people. I just listen to the whisper. Um, I started with blogging. And blogging kind of led to my first offer, which was called the Quarter Life Crisis Averted Workshop. I asked four people that I knew, but not super well, if I could take them through a framework that I created about how you can find clarity after you graduate and you're in your 20s. And because your 20s are really freaking hard. So I started there and they were all like, how are you doing your business? Can you tell me about that? And that kind of just um, spiraled into what it is now. I did business coaching and then I was like, that's too much. I don't want to do all that. And then I kind of just trickled into sales and mindset and a little bit of energetic work. So I always just tell people I was just putting one foot right in front of the other. And it just kind of led me to where I am now. I feel like that is the most pivotal piece of your story is that it was one foot in front of the other. It wasn't this like master 10 year plan and how you're going to take all these steps. I think for entrepreneurs who are just starting out, that can be part of it where it's like, you need to have this whole plan. And most of us don't even know how we're going to get into all of this. You Mm -hmm. recently did a huge change to your business. You burnt the whole thing down and (laughs) (laughs) and switched into kind of one offer. What kind of made you start moving in that direction? Yeah, I think it was just honoring the season of life that I want to be in. Um, I This is such a funny story. I went to this event and this person put on this immaculate event. And I looked at one of my really good friends and I was like, I don't want this. And it was like a very like, a pivotal moment in my business because I was on the track to do like a lot of things. I was going to do the offers, the events, like all of it. And I saw, and I, and it was like a visceral body. I was like, I don't want this. She's like, what? No, you could do this. I was like, no, like I'm a lazy girl. I don't want this. (laughs) Like, I know I can do this, but in this season of life, like I don't want to put all my energy into my business and it was like a really hard it wasn't like a very sexy pivot it was really hard because I was like am I abandoning my vision am I letting like the younger version of me down am I messing things up but it really started like the burning of the business (laughs) really started with 
I just don't want this in this season. And that's not saying I'm not going to ever get into another season, but there was other things that I really just wanted to have in my life and in my lifestyle. And the amount of work that is required to run one of those businesses just wasn't what I was willing to output in this season, which is very not the standard and it wasn't what I was doing so I was just like it was just a visceral body reaction of like yeah this isn't really what I want in this season and what if I honor what I actually want and what if I simplified and made things easier on myself like what would that look like it was crazy it just kind of dawned on me it was like a big fat intuition feeling in my body which is how I got into coaching so of course I trusted it, even though I didn't really even really like it that much. I was like, oh God, I'm about to, can I cuss on this podcast? I'm about to F it yeah, all you up. Can- <laughs> I'm about to fuck it all up, right? <laughs> so that's kind of where my turning point started was just like honoring what I actually wanted versus what was the norm, what was popular, what I thought I had to have. And it was, it was hard, but it's led me here in this really beautiful place. I think it's interesting how it was like a visceral effect and then it was like also sitting in a room of people who probably craved the same type of model that you're looking at and being like this is good for someone else or maybe a different season in life but for me personally I don't want this and to like say it out loud I think is the scariest thing because then you're also with that I feel like there is some validation that like of course you want this everybody wants this I always think about have you seen the devil wears prada yeah, but it's been so long. But I love that movie. It's a I wonder classic. if I remember it. It's a classic. <laughs> They're sitting in the car and Meryl Street turns to Anne Hathaway and goes, Don't be silly, Andrea. Everybody wants to be us. Mm. And she has that moment where it clicks and she goes, No, I don't want to be this person. Yeah. That's such a good analogy. That was my life. I remember being in a big room and even telling the person I was working with at the time, like, I don't want this. And I had just like tears. I was crying because there was a part of me that felt guilty for not wanting it because I had conditioned myself to just kind of go with the flow of how things are in the online space. And I got into a space where people really wanted the big things right now. And it was really um, a big, huge moment of self-trust. And it wasn't like the fun self-trust. I mean, there was a lot of tears, a lot of questioning. Uh, But finally, when I like leaned back into it and I fully was like, this is what you want in this season and that's okay. You're okay. You're still an incredible coach, CEO. There's so much good things going for you radical self-acceptance for what you want that Mm -hmm. is the hardest thing and then to verbalize it in a group of peers who think you're freaking crazy and part Mm -hmm. of you is like am I wrong for not wanting everything everybody else wants and that is so powerful and it's it is really hard in those seasons of self-trust it's this like duality of like I know what I want and I know how I want it and this feels really good to me, but then you look around for that external validation for that Mm -hmm. loving and that belonging and that acceptance. And you're like, but this doesn't match the dream. And then there's a larger question of my friends and my peers who have this same dream, who now I'm openly saying, I don't want this dream. Are they going to reject me? Which that's Mm -hmm. even scarier to be rejected. Are they going to reject me because I don't want the same dream as them in this season? 
it was just a lot of things. And I written like my biggest one was like, am I making a mistake? And I'm, am I letting down 22 year old version Reagan, the one six years ago that dreamt of this big thing. And the answer is like, no, how can we make a mistake when we just trust our next step? And I always tell myself like, I'm going to change again. And I changed to get here and I'm going to be okay. Thankfully, I had a couple of really great friends that just held space for me too. And they're like, this is a great idea. They're like, you're going to change things. Even when I couldn't see it or I'd be like, maybe I shouldn't. They're like, no, no, no. Like you got this. So I, the people that I told and really trusted before I even did the thing really held space for me too. But yeah, I was just like, my business isn't my baby anymore. It's just my business. It's my job, a job I love and I find a lot of purpose in, but holy shit, I want a lot of other things out of life. And I was like, in this season, I'm not willing to compromise in the life and what I want. And I'm going to write it out. And when it's time to change, I'll know. It's an interesting narrative happening inside the online space about how you don't build a job or, you know, I think I think it's weaponized incompetence where people are like J-O-B and I'm like, it's a job. Don't spell it out for me. We all know how to spell job, (laughs) but it's interesting when you go against this narrative of like, no, this is actually my job. This is my livelihood, but this isn't everything Mm -hmm. that sums me up. You know, I think about like my partner, Mm -hmm. he doesn't, you know, when he introduces people, unless he's like wearing his work gear, he's not like, hi, I'm (laughs) so-and-so, this is what I do. And that's such an interesting thing because in a narrative, you know, you have to remember that the online space is one large echo chamber and it's a significantly smaller population. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting to go against that narrative. So obviously putting your business on a back burner and creating a more sustainable model, you mentioned kind of in pre-roll that you've had an opportunity to do some self-exploration and figure out not early twenties, Reagan, but (laughs) post-frontal cortex has now formed (laughs) Reagan. What have you found? How is this season going with exploration? It's going so good. I realized that m- how much mental capacity my business took up, just like I can never turn it off. And I remember talking to my therapist about this and I was like, I said, I was like, I can't turn it off. I'm getting a facial and I'm thinking about my business. I'm like going to bed, it's the last thing I think about. Like I wake up and it's there. And I was like, I, I don't want this. Like, I was like, <laughs> what does this look like? And she really like walked me through a process of like turning my brain off and just being a human again versus like a CEO. And I feel like I got back to Reagan and like little kid Reagan, the one who plays and has fun. Reagan that gets to travel because me and my husband are going to go nomadic in 2024 and having space to actually have all of that um, and really just being like what I want wants me and what I want is important not and not chasing after someone else's dream which is again a big leap of trust and it really got me back into I love coaching I love my job versus like growing and scaling a business and growing and scaling a business is incredible I don't think I won't do it in the future it's just like I got back to like oh I love coaching I love getting on these calls with my clients 
and coaching them and seeing their progress and then re-signing. And I, and I loved that my only job was to coach and create content and, you know, other little things, but it just made it very not demanding. And when it's not demanding, I was like, what do I want to do in my life? Joined a book club, met a friend, got into Pilates. Um, it just really opened like some joy back into my life. Some just like, uh, just like life kind of breathed back into me of like, hey, we're not in this big rush to do these crazy things. Like there's not a lot on the line and it just really freed my spirit. I feel like that's the best way to say it. Like, huh, I don't have to rush things. I can sit, be, and just see what like comes to me next versus like pushing. I have this whole concept of arrival versus pushing. And it's like, you, you can arrive at what's next for you versus like pushing. And you just got to find what fits best for you in that season. I love how you mentioned Pilates because I've also been super into Pilates and like. Uh, so good. I hate working so out, good. but I love Pilates. It's so fucking hard though. That's the one thing like you think it's easy. I'm always like, oh, I'm going to Pilates. I'm going to lay there. And then she gets the freaking box out and I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no my, inner, my inner thighs oh, they like shake. I'm trembling. I was like, is anybody else shaking in this class? Is it just me? It's fine. It's like pure silence of like death. Yeah. Luckily it's just me and Ryan. I feel like if it was other people there, I might try to go like way harder and like hurt myself, <laughs> but it's like Ryan. Ryan always tells me he's like, when I'm like struggling in Pilates, he's like, let's go muscles. And I'm like, thanks. That's what I need. Aww, <laughs> I'm that's like, actually so sweet. Wow. <laughs> I told him, I was like, you need to cheer me on. Cause like, I think that's something else about business ownership that a lot of people don't talk about is that your full identity gets wrapped up in that and your personality gets wrapped up into that. And like my personality yeah. is- I am a competitor. I had three older brothers. I spent my whole life chasing after them, doing things like that. And mm -hmm. it's been interesting to explore. Yes, I have a business, but I am not my business. You yeah. mentioned arriving and this concept of instead of chasing, instead of pushing, mm -hmm. for some reason, I got this visual image of like the girl who's running the running emoji. I don't know why. <laughs> like... <laughs> fast walking you know the ladies in the neighborhoods with the like I live in an older neighborhood so they got their little two pound weights and they're like they're not running they're fast walking <laughs> they're fast walking can you dive more into maybe someone who is so used to chasing and running and doing all these things that if they want to start leaning into this concept how can they just start adopting it and what are kind of some of the things that like had to bring you to this place of you know going from wanting this big dream and chasing it to being like hey it's gonna come on its own time and its own fruition because it's like one thought like life is worth being in versus getting somewhere damn that is deep but that's how I kind of see it like well I visually see it as like you're on the stream right and you have a cooler of your favorite snackies, your favorite bevies, maybe your like favorite person, like a partner or a best friend or whoever. And you're just on this stream, right? And the sun's out, like you hear the birds chirping. And sometimes you run into the edge. Sometimes you see a snake, you freak the fuck out. Sometimes you go down the wrong path, but you're still just kind of going 
and all of a sudden like you're at the end you're at your next thing and I'm like life is so much better that way than always feeling like there's something better on the other side of this that I need to paddle really fast because then you miss out on all the things and it's like once you get there you're not going to feel better anyways that's what I realized is like who you are now is who you're going to be when you get there and so why not just give yourself the grace and the space to just be where you are? And I promise you, you're going to get where you want to go and you're going to feel better. You're going to trust yourself more. And hell, you might even get there faster that way too. And yeah, so I just stopped like being in this fucking rush of like, I have to be somewhere to be the person I want to be. And it's like, well, what if I just arrived there? And it's very natural and it's not this push and force and icky feeling. It's interesting that you talk about just arriving there. Cause like, if you've ever spent significant time on the river, you can't get there faster. It's like the river's dictating. I personally will not get in the river. <laughs> Colorado river runs fast y'all. It runs fast. Yeah. And I'm not about to be another. You're, You're not scared. Yeah. You're just there. <laughs> You're just chilling. This is not, this is not whitewater rafting. This is not whitewater rafting. Have you ever been whitewater rafting? I have. It scares the shit out of me. I will not get in. I will not get in those. I'm like, I, I'm good. Don't make me paddle. I don't want to, I don't want to be I here. really have a lot of anxiety. I have fun, but I have a lot of anxiety because I'm like, if I fall in, I'm scared. Like, I'm going to try to remember the directions that you gave me, but I'm scared. I'm gonna make sure I have my life jacket on and I'm gonna, my I'm gonna try to fly not break my legs yeah it's a little scary so something that you mentioned that I think is really important to also kind of root in and anchor in for anybody who's listening is the slow sustainable sweet buttery life versus getting caught up in this like constant go 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 mm-hmm. how do you feel like growing this business reflected in this kind of game of your life of just wanting to speed it up and now that you're making that separation between reg the biz coach and reg the you know Mm -hmm. wife sister Mm -hmm. pilates lover book club member Mm -hmm. what do you feel like has changed and what do you feel like reflected that change yeah I feel like past regs she she had something to prove that's why she was going so fast she had to prove that six figures in one year is successful. She had to prove to her family and her peers that she made the right decision. She, it was the go, go, go was out of proving versus like me now. It's like, I love what I'm doing. Like, it's a freaking miracle. I can be on this podcast and talk about this. It's a freaking miracle to get on Instagram, even though you know, drives us crazy half the time to go on and freely speak my mind and get paid for it. And I think there's just a maturity that comes as you're in your business of like, if this is going to be my life, how do I want to feel in my life? And that was like the question I really asked myself. And I was like, um, I think the switch was like, I'm a great coach. I'm going to do this for as long as I want to. Like, this is my like career. It's not like this game of moving and scaling as quickly as I can like I can take it at my own pace and like I said I was just like in the space of like life is worth living and I love to sleep in I was like there are just things I would just want 
I want to sleep in until 10 a.m. and not feel guilty about it, right? I want to take an hour walk in the middle of my day. Like there's just things that I wanted. And also my business was talking to me too. It was like, slow the down. Like seriously, you're getting way ahead of yourself. There's some broken stuff that we just need to go and fix. So if you could build this better foundation, that would be amazing. Like my business is like, your systems are non-existent, right? Let's get your clients even better results. Let's actually figure out your whole process for how you're doing what you're doing. So, so some of it was like, my business was talking to me of like, just make me good, make me sustainable. Like if you're going to take me with you, let's go fix what's actually not working. And so I think it was just a mixture of all that. Did I answer your question? I'm being bombed back and forth. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> To reiterate back to you, it was like a mixture of like, I think longevity is something that a lot of people have not considered because I think there is this external deadline that a lot of us are saying the industry is going to crash and burn, even though, you know, we've, I think we've hit an over a billion dollar valuation in the last five years. And it's something that I think mirrors the experience that we've seen with like YouTube and TikTokers where it was like 10 years ago, it was like, what are you doing? You mm -hmm. can't build a career out of YouTube. And then it's like, you know, some people have built some very significant careers and then been able to take that money out of YouTube and continue to build it if they find that passion that's no longer mm -hmm. for them. But it wasn't after, you know, one to two years of burnout. It was like, they did this sustainably, decided they wanted to do something else, added on something else where yeah. we've had this opportunity where it's not that we're having to build this audience and then monetize this audience. It's you can monetize it every step of the way, mm -hmm. but it's not a cash in cash out system where it's like, get in, make as much money as possible and then get out because it's a gold mine and it's going to run out where it's like the coaching industry is only getting bigger. And mm -hmm. the other thing is, is like, most of us are in our twenties. We yeah. have so much life. The average CEO is 45. Yeah. We have a lot of life. Like imagine if you've been coaching for 20 years, like most people have this long career before they ever go out in business. Mm -hmm. And that I think is a larger conversation of, you know, if you want to be a white hot brand, be a white hot brand. If you want to mm -hmm. make money and get out, just be honest about your intentions. Like that's yeah. okay. But if you're here for the long haul or you're telling yourself you're here for the long haul, you need to start making moves in order to that. And it is, you know, everybody hates this piece of advice, but it is slow down to speed up later on yes. if that's what's for you. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because it this conversation mirrored a conversation I was having with my partner about like, what happens if we want kids? And mm -hmm. how does this business work with kids? And what mm -hmm. do I see other moms doing? And what feels good to me versus what somebody else? And I was like, I mean, first and foremost, I was like, we're not having kids anytime soon, but like, <laughs> I'm curious how this conversation's going. Yeah. Like, I'm not ready for motherhood. I've openly stated <laughs> that, but it's also like planning to think ahead versus just how can I make as much money as possible and burn myself out in the process and then even lose the passion for what I'm building because exactly. I'm trying to- plug and chug as fast as possible. Mm. I mean, it's sometimes it's so crazy what you think about online space versus like the traditional space, you know, an average business doesn't turn a profit for the first five years. Yeah. Where it's like, we turn hundreds of thousands of dollars in profit. Yeah. Quickly quickly with with no overhead. That was something we talked about in pre-roll where it's like some yeah. people have so much overhead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of people have a hard time resting or having space 
and slowness because you have to then answer harder questions. Who am I? What am I doing? Do I like this? What do like, I want? What do I want? And that and we have been conditioned that the only way to get what you want is to work really really hard and hard work is a part of my brand it's a part of just who we are as people and especially coaches and CEOs but it's like that rest creates that momentum but the rest is so hard the space is so hard because it's like am I worthy of this rest in space is everything going to crumble if I actually just take a beat. And, um, and so in that area is a lot of growth. I think the space and like the rest, I have been like, it's been like more challenging than I thought it was going to be to maneuver through it. Cause I really had to be like, who, who am I when I have nothing going on? Who am I when my life is a little boring? And I have like, too much space like am I still proud of myself am I still okay am I still worth having these things and the answer is yes but it's definitely a learning curve I should say a healing curve I think if you don't learn how to rest you'll be forced to for me it was like Mm -hmm. I didn't rest and then I got pneumonia and you yes you've you physically can't like, if y'all have ever had it, you can't do anything. Mm. I remember just laying in my bed and being like, this is the worst experience of my life. Like I, you know, I had COVID last year and pneumonia was significantly harder than COVID. It's also a larger conversation about, you know, we always talk about at what point are you pushing yourself to try to get more gains or returns? And the law of diminishing returns basically states at some point, that you're not actually getting more, you're decreasing it. And you're, you know, when it think about like lifestyle and stuff, like if you're working more at some point, you're just burning yourself out. You're creating sleep debt. You're starting to eat bad. You're not getting sunlight. Like you're doing all these things that are super harmful to you in a way to what get to this goal closer that in the end, you may not even enjoy it. The other piece that you mentioned that I would love for you to touch on, because you know me, I'm all about like, taking words and meanings back. You said you're a lazy girl. How do you define laziness? When I think about lazy girl, I say it in that way. I'm like, I'm a lazy girl. Like I'm not gonna be the person up till 2 a.m. working. I'm just not. I got my favorite TV shows to watch that make me happy, like Selling Sunset. And I really am redefining what it means to be lazy lazy is such a naughty word or a bad word and it's like what if it's okay that you want something slower spacious that you're not ready to work like a dog right like that's okay because when I I talked about that aha moment I was I was at this event and I looked at my friend I was like I'm just a lazy girl like that's why it's not that I don't think I can do it it's just like I don't want to do it I would rather be on the beach sipping a pina colada and have just one-on-one coaching or have a course where it's more passive or whatever it's like I like to just live I don't want to I'm not a I'm not a a busy worker (laughs) like I tried and it was just wasn't for me I was like I'm just a lazy girl. I just saw this reel. It was so funny. I wish I would have saved it. And this guy's on the street and he's interviewing this guy. And he's like, hey, do you have your own business? And the guy's like, no, I'm lazy. 
he's like what he's like yeah I just walk I think it was Leicester Square in London every day he's like I love it and I was like that guy gets it and to me I was like there's more people like that like I just I want to do my like purpose in life and in this season I just want to live and that's kind of what I mean by like what is the way that my business can be ran in the least demanding and simple way so I can just do whatever I want <laughs> and it doesn't mean I don't work hard I work really hard I'm on this podcast right now I'm working right we're having fun <laughs> but it just means like I don't I'm not like this huge huge achiever you know I don't think it says that you're not a huge achiever I mean laziness is a sign of intellect because if you are looking for the shortest and efficient way, then you know that there's a better way. I think it's a larger conversation about how much we value our worthiness tied to our work and being these people who are grinding it out and doing these things mm-hmm. without like a, there's like a secondary conversation that isn't happening. You know, is your worth tied to how hard you work, what you make in your business, what mm-hmm. you do, and then even starting to, you know, deprioritize work and start figuring out who you are because the other part of that is when I started my business at 24 and you were 22 like we were in our early 20s I was a very young 24 Mm -hmm. I had a lot of just like maturity and social maturity to catch Mm -hmm. up to but I didn't know who I was when I started my business and that was part of like pulling apart Megan who owns a business and who finds a lot of pride in that and that's not wrong but also pulling apart, like, who am I, if I didn't have a business, where am I, you know, trying to solve life problems with being better and worthier because I'm making more numbers and Mm -hmm. almost it's a perfectionist tendency that my therapist and I talk about where it's like, I'm so good at this that you can't criticize the other pieces. And that's Mm -hmm. where I think a lot of people, it's a hard conversation to have. And it's also like, you know, where are you giving over parts of your life for your business where it's not actually benefiting you or the business because you think, oh, if I just dump more hours and oh, if I just work more, mm-hmm. I'm going to see more results. And it's like, at some point you're just actually diminishing the return. Yeah. And I just think there's so much more that goes into getting results in your business that has nothing to do with work ethic. Cause I always tell people like you work really hard. You, you would have had all the things if it was just hard work, but it's more, it's time, which is where that sustainability comes in. It's healing, it's identity, it's learning to feel good regardless. It's a lot of other things. And so it's like, when we take hard work, like when it's not like the 90% of how we get there and we kind of level like, maybe it's like 50, right? Or 40. And then there's other things that really gives context to a lot of the questions that we have in business of what's the missing piece? Like what, what's, is there something wrong with me? And it's like, no, there's time that you need. There is probably some healing, some, some identity work, some just space to grow. And it has nothing to do with if you're doing things right or wrong. And I think that's really healing if you can sit in that. Um, I coach my clients all the time around productivity and time and um, all of this stuff. And I'm like, babes, you work really hard. Like, that's not the issue. You're doing great. But there are other things at play that that 
attribute to success and to getting what you want. If it was only hard work, all of us would be making nine figures right yeah. out of the gate. Yeah, if it was be, only if we be Gucci. I tell I'm like if literally business, my husband gets started business today and by the end of this year I'd make a million dollars, right? But there's other things at play, just like in anything, relationships, love, like y'all, it's complex. It's also not an even playing field. And when you remember that it's not an even playing field, we all come in with different experiences, different results, you know, something that like, I love to unmask in the sales industry is like, yes, some people can come up and do seven figures in 18 months, but you know, what always gets negated out of that conversation is the fact that they had been closing for two years or three years for another high volume business and learned how to create this high volume and how to close and do those things. And that's where it's like, it's not truly about how hard you work. You do have to work to own a business. You can't just throw up a post one day and be like, millions of people buy, no clue who I am. (laughs) Like, I just want to collect cash. But there is at some point where once you remove the idea that it is a level playing field because it's not, Mm -hmm. and that it's not just about hard work and that, you know, if you're in it for the long haul, the people who do it long-term do Mm -hmm. see success in whatever terms they want. It's just continuing to stay in the boat too when it's like oh I'm doing all this work but nothing's working the thing that I think is so interesting is it's always like okay if you've done all this work then go have fun go play go Go enjoy your summer go Go be a lazy girl go drink some pina colada buy a beach like go to an aquarium go do something that actually makes you happy like go read a non-business book for all of you who only read business books yeah don't do that your your inner child wants to go to like a Harry Potter world, like please, or they want to go to a romance or something. They want to like <laughs> scary. They want a color. They want something else. They don't want to. Yeah. Obviously, so many good nuggets, and you have so much too on your Instagram talking about all of this. Mm-hmm. What do you want to leave the listeners with? What is one thing if you dropped a little golden nugget or a few? What would you want to leave them with? Yeah, I always tell my clients this is like. Your success is inevitable. And I really mean that if you keep on doing the things, if you keep on getting coached and trusting yourself and moving and believing in your work, like at one point, the scales will tip. You'll be a full-time coach. This will be sustainable. So when you start to like feel like things aren't working or they're not working fast enough, just remember like this is going to happen for you if you keep on doing these things. If you keep on putting out the content and networking and getting your clients amazing results and getting help when you need to get help, it's not a matter of like, if this is going to happen, it's just a matter of when. And that's where that arrival feels really good of like, oh, this is going to happen and I'm going to do whatever I need to do to keep on this boat, to keep on this stream. And one day you're going to get off and you're going to be a full-time coach and you're going to have that those goals of six figures multiple six figures like there isn't a rush like you're gonna get there it's so funny how you say keep on the stream and we mentioned whitewater rafting I had a teacher who did whitewater rafting and he was always like rule number one is stay in the boat and I'm like what it stay in the boat and that's why I tell my clients I'm like stay in the you won't find me in a white water raft but you gotta like that's the rule stay in the boat at all times yes it is stay in the boat stay in the stay boat, in the boat. You're good. And I think that really calms the nervous system down. Like you're gonna get there. Just keep doing what you're doing or stop doing what you're doing to get help. But either way, stay in the boat. 
you know, just take some deep breaths, hire a therapist. All of us have therapists oh, for a reason. All of us have therapists for a reason. They are different than a life coach. <laughs> we could do a whole episode on the nuances. I actually have a, this is coming in the pipeline. We have a therapist coming on and that is a question because she used to be my life coach. Then she went to school for therapy. And that was like my number one question I was going to ask her is like, what is the Ooh, difference? Oh, I can't of wait like to capacity? hear that episode. That's going to be really, really good. Oh, I'm so excited. So good. Where can they catch up with you? Come find What's me on in the Instagram um, at underscore Reagan. It's R-E-G-A-N storm. Um, my podcast, Real Talk with Reagan is a great place to do. I'm doing a summer series called 50K The Lazy Way. Every Tuesday, I'm going live on Instagram. Um, but yeah, just come, come say hi to me. If you listen to this podcast and you're like, you're dope. I want to hang out. Just come say, Hey, I would love to meet you. Like, actually. <laughs> Thanks Reagan. I'll see you later. Bye.